Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> that reminds me of, did you see Kevin Sutherland got arrested? Yeah, well, I thought it was fake for a second. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> I kept looking. I was like, oh my well, God. Did you see what it no, said? I know where you're going. <laughs> What does that mean? What what is it? No, I mean, what is there's it? No, no, there's definitely it means Bro. Negro. It's definitely for Negro. But like it's it's like first of all, that's already like partially racist to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that okay? It's not even okay. Yeah. It's not even it's like, still, okay. like it's not like it's ah, it's okay. It's fine. It reminds me of, oh, what was I was watching something and they were like Hold on, should she call me there was somebody speaking in Spanish and she was like, She called me a negra <laughs> She was like, No no, that means black in Spanish <laughs> Uh, goodness gracious! Where, where was he arrested? At? Was it no? It wasn't in Texas, right? It was in was it in Alabama or something like that? Let me let me look real quick. Aggies were upset that it said former A and M head coach because technically he's been other places more recently. But uh, yeah, but most famously, well, exactly. That's what I thought too. Like if I was thinking of, I was that's a journalist, how it goes, man. Yeah, I was like, if that's I media, as a, as a journalist, like you would put who you you have two options. You can either put where he's most famously or most recent, and. uh Oh, Florida. He's in Florida. That's why it says in. That's exactly why it says in. <laughs> you think Ron DeSantis made the call? Yeah, yeah. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's Welcome on, welcome on to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, if you're a Rangers fan, just turn this off because I don't want to hear from you um, whatsoever. Uh, not at all. Just, I don't, you know what? And, and, and you know what? I'm on here with the people champ, Jeremy Gillen. Jeremy, 70% of our listeners might have just turned it off. And I'm okay I with that. more than that. I'm okay I with that. More than that. Okay? <laughs> Screw all of you. Uh, yes, I'm a sore loser. I don't care. Um, in, and uh, I am definitely a sore loser when my Astros lose in the ALCS. I'm definitely a sore loser when Texas Tech loses games. Um, actually, I'll say this. I'm not a sore loser when Texas Tech loses games because we lose a lot of them, apparently. Five losses this year already, and arguably the worst one of the season, not even arguably, probably the worst one of the season, was in Provo, Utah against the BYU Cougars. Uh, Jeremy, this was disgusting, despicable. Terrible, uh, the no good, very bad ba- football game coached by Jared, Joey McGuire. I'm willing to bet, first of all, that we are the only Texas Tech podcast that is Astros fans, so that hurts. Um, Ram- Ramblin' is. Yes. No, Ramblin' is. Ramblin's Astros. Oh, that's right. They're out of Houston. But that's they're much, yep. But okay. Ramblin', they're, they're very, they're good sports, right? They, they had a congratulatory, they're congratulating Rangers yeah, fans. Yeah, I didn't like they're that. Good, they're so good gross. sports. No, they're, they're good. They're nice, wholesome people. We're not. <laughs> We're not. This is a dis- the deplorable podcast. Yes, um, right. And losing to BYU. You know what? I, I, I would act surprised, but I'm not. 
because we all picked tech. That was our mistake. We all picked tech. That's true. We all we 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 talked about the facts and the figures, and we should have never looked at the facts. We should have never looked at the facts and the figures. We should have never done our analytics because it was all for naught. It was all a lie. We were bamboozled, and it, it it we didn't even get a chance to feel like we could win that game. Oh my goodness! I I what the hell is going on in Provo, Utah? What did they put in that cougar tail? I'm not going to lie. When we were down 14-0 in the first quarter, that's the first thing I thought of. was like, yep, we all picked them. <laughs> we, that's exactly we where my mind was at. The early turnover, I was like, oh, wow, that, that wasn't good. <laughs> we all picked them. So let's, <clears throat> let's uh, against my better wishes, let's go ahead and do the play-by-play for this game. Uh, so sure enough, for, before, let, you know what's funny? <clears throat> uh, the game before, and I can't remember what the game was, but there was a game before that, was, that we had to wait. For everybody that was on Fox Sports 1 to wait for BYU Texas Tech to go on. So if you had the app, you were able to watch Texas Tech BYU very early on, but I did not. So I, I watched this game. It took a little bit long to get it. When they switched to the Texas Tech BYU, we were already down 7-0. <laughs> we were already down 7-0 by the time they decided, hey, guys, the game's over. Let's switch it over to Provo, Utah to see how Texas Tech's doing. And before you know it, the, you know, the first thing I see is, oh, Jake Sharp's coming out as quarterback. We must have got the ball first. Oh, no, wait. We didn't get the ball first. They already scored. That's fun. Um, sure enough, on the rewatch, I, I, I saw what ended up happening, which was, you know, from the very beginning, BYU, in short order, had a nice 55-yard run by L.J. Martin, the running back we talked about. And before you know it, they just got into it for a really quick touchdown. Keaton Slovis over to Chase Roberts. And it's 7-0 just like that. Four, not even four minutes in the game, and Tech's already down. Uh, but that first drive, Texas Tech, a nice long one all the way to the four-yard line. And you know what? A fumble. And that, Jeremy, was just a precursor for amazing things that have come for the rest of the game. Dirty signs at the beginning. You know, great start for the homecoming game for the BYU. Great homecoming start. And it just got better. For BYU, I, I <clears throat> penalties plague this game. Not penalties, excuse me. Turnovers again plague this team. And we'll talk. I mean, we got one down. We got four more to go. <laughs> four. Well, and actually, the second one was was quick because right after we forced a fourth down, we got the ball at uh, you know the ball the ball the ten yard line. Not great, but a real first and ten from our own ten yard line. A quick and easy fumble. And you know what's funny? The fumble happened. So, Eddie Heckard, from BYU, picks it up, goes to the touchdown. I'm looking for a flag. I'm like, please, please, God. Yeah, there has something. to be a flag somewhere. Give me something. No? Not nothing? You're not going to give me anything? Okay. <laughs> We're just down 14 near zero. Just like that. Like, it was a, like, before you could even blink, I was almost, you know, at that point, I was just like, I, I almost like I kept telling myself, BYU is bad. BYU is bad. We'll come back. BYU is bad. Remember, BYU is bad. Uh, but it just like it's 14-0. And, and, and the thing about it is is that when we talked about it in the preview pod, the, the team, or the crowd was into it, right? This is their first real Big 12 test at home. It's homecoming. The stadium is packed. You've heard the crowd through the team. They were so amped for this game. They brought it all out, right? I, I mean, we're not at halftime yet, but they had a halftime show with a Samoan blowing fire out of his breath. Uh, you know, they had the, the mascot 
First of all, BYU mascot's probably the best mascot, not only in the Big 12, but maybe in the Oh, country. Cosmo. It's uh, disgusting how much I like him. He's incredible, right? And so he had the he had the, the swole suit on. He had all types of stuff going on. He was he was doing his thing. Like, they were amped for this game. And before you know it, it's for, and that fumble return touchdown, basically, you know, the thing you want to do as a road team is take the crowd out of it. The crowd was 1,000% into it after that touchdown, after that defensive touchdown there. Um, it was gross. Yeah, so just keep it coming. We're well, we're not even we're not even all the way through it. Well, there was a little bit. We made it come back a little bit. We were able to score a touchdown in the second quarter. Um, a nice big long pay to Xavier White. He goes all the way for the touchdown. It's fourteen to seven. The problem though, and this is the problem I have after that touchdown play. And this is my thought when I was kind of doing this rewatch, was that as great as that touchdown play was, two things happened. One. It wasn't marching down the field. It was a fluke play. That's how I feel it. I felt it was a fluke play a little bit. And then two, Jaden York with a spin. Let's just sit on that for a second. What what ha- what happened? Because for me, for me, as I'm a casual viewer, and of course I'm like one inch away from the TV trying to find the spit. I am unconvinced. I remain unconvinced that Jaden York spit on that guy. What, what, here's the thing. What I've kind of learned from sports watching, if somebody says they were spit on, they are probably spit on. Right? It, it kind of takes me back to, um, if you remember, Chris Paul and, and Rajon Rondo got into that fist fight when the Rockets played the Lakers a few years ago. And uh, everybody was dissecting, when did Rajon Rondo spit on Chris Paul? Nobody saw it. Right? And it kind of, and eventually it was. It's now, like now, years later, we're like, yeah, he definitely spit on Chris Paul. But it's just one of those things. Like spitting is not something people lie about. Like usually, if, if and not only that, he not only said he spit on him. The referee was like, yeah, he spit on him. You know, so it's one of those things where I, 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 I tend to believe the person if he says this guy spit at me, right? Because also, when you get spit on, it's not like you usually don't mistake it. It's not like you have some speckles of saliva that fall on your face or whatever. Like everybody knows the difference between that and getting spit on. You know what I mean? So it's you when you get spit on, you, you know, right? Um, and so I, I actually do tend. I know a lot of people on Texas Tech was saying, oh, well, he didn't spit. Nobody saw it, this, that, and the other. Are we sure he spit? Mm, I kind of believe the guy that he got spit on. Okay. I'm just saying, it's not one of those things you lie about. You can lie about a lot of things. You can lie about being spit. You can lie about, yeah, that's, spit or not. I'm just, I'm baffled at the action. I think I'm just baffled at the action of, like, why why do it? You know, what prompted you to do that? It's still kind of early in the game. 7-14, well, or at that and, point, you know. Well, on the flip side of that, also, Jaden York also didn't fight it very much. Well, what would so, he say? I didn't spit well, on him. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, like, if, if, here's the thing. If you tell me that I spit on you, I'm going to be very adamant, especially if I got a penalty for it. I'm going to be very adamant that I did not spit on you. How dare you? For example, Brian Abreu threw out Adolis Garcia, and there's been this big debate in the ALCS whether it was on purpose or not. Adol- Brian Abreu has made it very clear that he is outwardly saying he did not throw out Adolis Garcia on purpose. Right Now, whether he did or not, I know Astros fans said he didn't. Rangers fans claim he did. He says he didn't. Yada, yada, yada. But he's very adamant that he did. Right? The only person that knows whether he did or not is him. Jaden York was not as adamant. He was like, yeah, well, you know, oh, man, I don't think I did it. Oh, 
<laughs> Doggone it. <laughs> so that was another reason why I'm like, yeah, I, I believe. I believe. Uh, and I can't remember uh, the, the guy's name, but I believe the person. La- is Lasseter right? Or? No, it was Lasseter. That's what I... All right, Darius Lasseter. I believe Lasseter that, yeah, he probably spit on. So after that, sure enough, fueled by the spit of Jaden York, seven play, 81-yard drive. It is now 21-7. to seven. But, but it's okay, Jeremy. It's okay. You know why it's okay, Jeremy? Because Texas Tech, we're going to go on a nice nine-play drive. We're going to get into BYU territory. We're going to be looking to score. And you know what happens there, Jeremy? What happens? Turnover number three. Interception. Jake Strong. Uh, Give three. Give three. Bad pass. Uh, Bad pass. I mean, it's, uh, you know, why are we passing? Um, at this point, let me tell you about, let me tell you something about this, this drive, right? Um, on this drive, it was a nine play drive. We ended up throwing the ball six times in this nine play drive. Why? (laughs) Why are we throwing the ball six times in the first half in this nine play drive? Sure enough, that gives BYU enough time to go down the field and kick a field goal. Uh, and with a minute left to go in the game, we could just kneel. We could just say, let's go into halftime with some type of dignity. Let's just run the ball a little bit and get some momentum in the fir- in, in going into the first half. We could do all of that. Instead, we launch it. <laughs> launch it. No, we, we, yeah, we launched it. For what reason? <laughs> we launched For what reason? I don't understand the play. I don't understand the play calling. He's like, you know what? It's, 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 uh, if you're playing NCAA, I understand the mindset of like, oh, F it, I'm just going to try. But you're in the middle of a game with real people, and Jake Strong is trying to get some momentum, and you let him in it, you let him in the, in the half with throwing a pick like that. Oh, my God, dude. And he has to go back and sit in the locker room. Yeah, that's right. So it's twenty. I mean, let me tell you something. Game's over at this point. It's halftime. Game's over. Like I, it's it's twenty four to seven. Yeah, I'm not a big believer. Like so, for me, most of the time, and I've always felt this way when playing any sport that I've been playing, is that anything that the opposing team can do in one half, we can do in the other half. Right? Like that's I've, I've always had that kind of mindset, that thought, that that thought that like, you know, I. I, I um, my last football game I ever played, I, we, were, we played the number one team in the state. Shout out to Hightower, um, Fort Bend Hightower. And we were down 35-7 to at halftime. Our coach comes in half, and he's like, you know, why you got your heads down? Anything they can do in the first half, you can do in the second. Pumped us up. We're like, you know what, coach? You might, as, you might be right. They scored a touchdown very, immediately in the second half. We're like, well... <laughs> That was a lie. There goes that. (laughs) But, um, and so that feeling is kind of how I felt with this game. 24-7, not insurmountable. Of course the team can come back. But nothing that we saw in the second quarter um, after the the only touchdown in the first half made me believe this team had any chance of coming back. Sure enough, in the second half, BYU was in cruise mode. BYU was just, you know, they had fun at halftime. The crowd's into it. They turn it up. You know, they're doing their own type of swag surf. It's not really swag surf. It's whatever Mormons do in Utah. But they're just chilling. They're just chilling, you know. They're just, they're having fun. You remember fun, Jeremy? That's that thing you do when your team is a winning team. They're having fun. Yeah, and so uh, the second half was just, um, it was just pretty bad. 
Uh, luckily, we did end up having a 14-play drive there in the fourth quarter that uh, I guess was some type of moral victory as Todd Brooks runs it in for a one-yard touchdown. The, the benefit of the second half was Todd Brooks was able to rack up stats. So that's good. Um, and actually, I was not even just Todd Brooks. The entire team racked up stats. I mean, if you look at the, the stats from this game, you would say, oh, man, Texas Tech. Almost 400 yards total, 236 yards passing, 153 yards running. Look at Taj Brooks with another 100, 100 yard game, right? Jake Strong with a, a touchdown pass. Xavier White with a touchdown reception. If you take away the, the turnovers and penalties, you're like, man, Texas Tech, look at you. And then you include the fact that we had nine penalties for 80 yards and five turnovers. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, it's um, this is becoming kind of a theme where Texas Tech is like, we are showing that we have talent. We are showing that we have ability to get yards, to get, you know, we have the tools. We are just also, with the talent and abilities that we have, we are equally matching that with with penalties, turnovers, just issues. So like you're kind of net you're kind of making a net zero situation, which is not what you want at all. Um, and so the losses we've had this season, it's like penalties, foolish penalties, foolish turnovers. And you don't even, you know, you can kind of play it off. God, I thought this would be such a different game, but you can kind of play it off the rest of the season. And we'll talk about it in our midseason review, just like. You know, there's, okay, well, sometimes games go one way or another, and, you know, sometimes the ball just bounces, whatever. Not with this game. Not even close. You 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 never had a chance in this game. You never had a chance in this game. At least at Kansas State, it felt like you had a chance, and then they just ran away with it at the end. I never felt like we had a chance. We And I recognize that Jake Strong's a third-string quarterback. I also recognize that you should know how to game plan when you have a third string quarterback and a whole like he's been your f- first string for 2 weeks now i feel like you should have some stuff hone in especially against statistically one of the worst team one of the worst of the teams in your conference i don't i, I don't oh i don't get it it well, we talked about in the preview pod this is one of the worst at least the one of the worst offenses in the conference Defensively, you can argue they're middle average or below average of the Big 12, but offensively, arguably the worst offense in the conference. That didn't matter. That didn't matter. Um, you know, Caden Slovis didn't have a great game. 15 for 27 for 127 yards. What he did have was two touchdowns, right? Uh, LJ Martin didn't have a good game. Outside of that 55-yard run, he was 9 for 40, for 38. Uh, but what he did have was that 55-yard run, right? Um, and so... Like, it's not like the offense just killed us or anything like that, but they still put up, the offense put up, still put up 20 points. They still had four scoring drives. So it, it's it, it's compared to Texas Tech's two, right? Um, and sure, you can make excuses, oh, well, we have a true freshman quarterback, third-string quarterback, yada, yada, yada. Then game plan for it. Recognize it. Realize it. Do something about it. Don't have him throw the ball 37 times. 37 times. It's just I, irresponsible. I, I talked about it in the preview pod. Like I, That's why I'd rather have... And Brady Boyd was warming up in this game. I thought for a second, like, oh, maybe we'll see Brady Boyd. We did not see Brady Boyd at all. And I, and, and 
mind you, I'm not even saying that I, I, I just want Brady Boyd to just be the guy or anything like that. I just, to me, Brady Boyd being the quarterback forces Joey McGuire and Zach Kittley to do something that I want them to do, which is just run the ball. Run the ball. Like, F passing. Passing doesn't exist. Go back to 1932 when passing was never a thing at this point. Like, I, I, stop it. Yeah, passing's not getting you anywhere. You can't rely on Jaran Bradley to have, like, fantastic one millimeter in the end zone sports center top ten touchdowns every time. Like, if we're not able to just make consistent passes in the short game especially, nothing to say for the long game, then why are you passing? Why are you forcing this kid... Like, I understand your identity is, you know, Zach Kidley's like, hey, I did this at wherever. I did HBU and then WKU and, like, I made it work and blah, blah, blah. Well, you had Bailey Zappi the whole time. Okay, now you have Jake Strong. You have to do something different. You have to do something different. Never mind that you have one of the best running backs in the Big 12, nay, the, you know, nation. Like, why are you ignoring him? Why why are you putting so much pressure on a freshman in games like this, especially on the road? I don't I don't understand the methodology. I don't understand the pedagogy. I don't get it. Like I really don't. And I'm really starting to get kind of frustrated with my frustrations have been solely and kind of foundationally with Zach Kitley. And there are still some Zach Kitley, pro Zach Kitley people out there. Um and I don't I don't understand that. My frustrations are starting to boil up to what are you doing, Coach McGuire? What are you doing about this blatant issue that's happening on your coaching staff? And my fear, my fear is that the thing that has made him such a lovable coach, his belief in people and all of that and finding like these kids and stuff to like invest in, is that he has that similar investment in his coaching staff and he doesn't want to be wrong. He, I feel like he may be like really not wanting to have to say Zach Kitley was not the guy I have to find somebody else. Possibly. I mean, because so there's been no reprimand. Let me play devil's advocate a little bit. So Todd Brooks didn't have a great game either. He didn't, he didn't go for 100 yards. Uh, he was only 3.4 yards to carry, um, which isn't great. I mean, it is. If you do it three times, it does get you the first down. But it's not a great yards per carry average. You know, BYU did start to quote-unquote, stack the box a little bit. They started to commit to more, more people to the run. Mostly, in my opinion, they mostly did it because we can have a few <laughs> secondary members or less secondary members out here. It's not like Jake Strong will pass it to him accurately. So, um, so you know, so so there is an argument that 37 times passing was because it's not like our run game was as successful as we've seen before. Is that an excuse? I Is it? I don't know. I don't think it should be. Uh, so I'll say this. I don't think it should be either. I, I think there is, as an offensive coordinator, it's not as simple. And I think people have made it as simple as run pass. Run versus pass. Right? Like, you either run here or you pass here. And those are only two play options. Like, you're, like we're playing 1996 math. Um, and that's the reason that they're not coaches, right? I mean, that blatantly right there. Right? Yeah. You're not seeing the depth of the game. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not as simple as run pass. It is, to me, it is, if you're going to have Jake Strong throw the ball 37 times, what are, what, are, what is he good at? Is he good at the screen? Throw a screen. Is he good at the quick slant? Throw a quick slant. Is it, you know, if, if, if you're worried about the O-line, do some plays that alleviate some of that pressure from the O-line, right? Is it, if you want to run the ball, how are we running the ball? Are we doing a zone scheme? Are we running to the outside a little bit? To, you know, are we, are we running sweeps? 
Are we running tosses, right? If we want to be, go between the tackles, how are we doing it? Are we creating it through the A-gap? Are we, are we checking the uh, uh, which edge rusher is kind of the weakest in the run game and saying, okay, well, we're going to run it off this tackle? What are we doing? Are we pulling the guard? Which guard is your most athletic? Like, there's so many different ways to run an offense. It's not as simple as run pass. And I think we have gotten caught up in the whole run pass thing. And so this was a game where obviously Jake Strong was, was pretty bad. Taj Brooks wasn't normal Taj Brooks. I mean, he still got 100 yards, but again, wasn't as pr- productive as he has been before. So how can we be productive? And so as we go into halftime, we're down 24-7. And, so, and I get it, it's sometimes more difficult to make adjustments in a game like that. Halftime, though, make those adjustments. Halftime. Yeah. What's going on? We're down to. by 24-7. We need some type of momentum. We need something going, right? A guy who does make adjustments, and maybe BYU was just chilling in the second half so they didn't have to do worry about anything, but we know that Tim DeRuiter makes adjustments, Right? Second half defense is almost always better than the first half for Texas Tech. And it was in this game as well. Now, the argument could be made that BYU just laid off. Maybe they did. But from what we know is they scored 24 points in the first half. And in the second half, all they did was score three. Right? So this is an opportunity for the, for the offense to say, let's chip away a little bit. Even if it felt dead at halftime. Because I know for me, it, it, watching on the rewatch, it definitely did. Chip away. Instead of doing a three and out that first drive, what happens if you score a touchdown now? Twenty four fourteen, right? Chip away. What are you doing? What are adjustments are you making to what BYU is doing to making sure that you're now successful? And it's not as simple as just run pass. It is finding out what didn't work in the run game, but what could work other ways, and that just didn't happen. No, and it just again it goes back to the well, and we've and we've said it before that Tim DeRuiter, and I do think that it was more of Tim DeRuiter making adjustments than it was BYU kind of stepping off the gas because that I feel like at homecoming I feel like the first time you're playing a Big 12 team you don't want to like necessarily step off the gas because that's when you get beat um so I think it was more Tim DeRuiter because he's our most experienced coach on staff he's played he's played at a lot of D1 D1 schools he, he or he's coached a lot of D1 schools he's got a lot of talent under his belt he's got a lot of life experience saying you know what I have to change what I'm doing. If some, if if we're getting beat, I gotta change it. Like that's my job. It's frustrating to me that it doesn't feel the same on the opposite side of the ball. And defensively, it's always easier. I will say it's always easier to see those adjustments defensively than it is offensively. Just because when teams are running well on you or passing well on you, that's really obvious. Um, for some reason, we have this kind of like emotional tie to when anybody gains a yard on us it's it's the grievous it's the most grievous error possible so you know keeping them to limit limiting the yards on their possessions is is tantamount offensively it's it's a little more difficult to see typically it's more difficult to see the adjustments but in this game literally any adjustment probably would have been pretty obvious because we were just struggling struggling to get anything going to make the simple passes, and I just this team is just uncharacteristic, and I don't, I think it's kind of lazy to say it's just because we have a third string quarterback. Hey, baby, we've been here. Where have yeah, you been for right. the past ten years? Right. Like we're backup quarterback university. Like we learn to adjust and go on. Zach Kittley though is the Nick Shim- still trying to make. No, I was gonna say it's the Nick Shimonet. It's Nick Shimonet curse. curse. <laughs> yeah, we didn't appreciate him. It is crazy to think that that was the last guy who was healthy the whole season. Well, healthy, you know, he fought through the pain a lot of th- a lot of times. 
and now we're just dealing with like this carousel of quarterbacks and not all bad like not bad like good talented quarterbacks but just can't stay healthy and so when you got a guy who is staying who through two games now is doing okay you know you got to adjust to his style of play i like what you said if he's good at this then do that if he's good at that do that like you have to ooh you have to read the room and i feel like the offensive coordination right now is not really reading the room and so i'm thankful that we have a bye week now because we're going to need a bye week to really kind of just take a beat and figure out look you've got TCU Kansas UCF and then you got Texas right and if you're hoping for any kind of bowl eligibility you have you have ooh you've got no wiggle room right you're going to have to pick up a big win and you're going to have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And that starts with TCU. But you, you're running out of room here. How do you go from an eight-win team to struggling for bowl eligibility with the most experience, like with the experience that you have? Oh, my God. I, I, <laughs> yeah, no, this, the only thing that can keep us from taking another L is a bye week. You know, and the only thing that can keep us from taking another L is shopping at Charlie Hustle. So charliehustle.com, it's where we, where Jeremy and I get our best threads, best Texas Tech threads, for sure. Um, that's where the podcast is brought to us by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. They want you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so check out their wide selection of officially licensed Texas Tech apparel today. They are the official vintage retailer of the Big 12, and show off that Texas Tech spirit all season long. They're going to have you covered with all your collegiate apparel needs. So shop today at charliehustle.com using our promo code 101215. That's T-E-N-1215 uh, for 15% off of all non-sale items. Again, that is 101215. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. Uh, so, Jeremy, I got some, I got some trivia for you. In the second half of this Texas Tech-BYU game, um, Texas Tech had seven drives. Of those seven drives, how many did we gain one first down? Two. Yes. <laughs> we had... <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> no! Five of the seven drives ended in either a three and out or a four in, in turnover on downs. Um, so Jeremy in the first half, however, we did, we were a little better. We ended up in the first half. We had six drives in that half. Um, of those six drives, we gained at least a first down. Um, we gained at least a first down in all but one. Um, (laughs) of those five drives, (laughs) Of those five drives, how many of them were turnovers? Five? I don't know. Five? <laughs> five. All five. Four. We had a touchdown. We had four. four. Oh, that's okay. That's oh, no, sorry. Four. No, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Um, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Four. Four, four of those drives. We, ended up, we had an interception, an interception, a fumble return touchdown, and a turnover on downs. Uh, we're all turnovers. Uh, so, yeah. 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 That's how this game went. Not great, Bob. <laughs> Not <laughs> great at all. 
Um, just a disgusting, disgusting game. Worst game of the season. Worse than Wyoming. I didn't think we could have a worse loss than Wyoming. But this, and it's funny. It's not only is it worse than Wyoming. I don't think it's close. <laughs> no, it's not close. I don't think it's it close. was terrible. Because I had hope in the second half against Wyoming. I thought, you know what, we're gonna do our thing. We're gonna strut, get this overtime win, and just a hey, tough start to the season. But that's what you do when you win Big Twelve championships, baby. You win. You win. You win. You win. Well, you know what? At this rate, I was like, well. We're the first team to lose to a newcomer, so we suck. <laughs> you know fun? I actually think Wyoming could beat BYU in the neutral field. I think BY I think Wyoming could beat quite a few teams out of neutral field. Yeah, like I mean yeah. I get it. BYU's five and two, so I guess we shouldn't talk about them being so bad. They are five and two, and you are what your record says you are. Um They also just lost to TCU forty four to eleven. That same TCU team just got smoked by Kansas State. Right? Yeah. So it's like <laughs> Like, you know, they're about to, BYU's about to get massacred by Texas this upcoming weekend. They're going to get beat by West Virginia the weekend after that. I actually, this, BYU soak it up. This might be the last one they had this year. Like, legitimately. Um, I think they have a game against Iowa State, which could get them win number six and get them bowl eligible. But the, the schedule for BYU from here on, very different than the first uh, seven games of the season. So, could you imagine getting all the way to five and two, and then you lose the rest of the way, and you don't get bowl eligibility? I, mean, I would be so hot. Imagine, I would be so mad. Jeremy, imagine this: imagine a team winning the first seven games of the season, being ranked. I think they're like top twenty, top fifteen, uh, top 10, ten even. Seven and zero, oh, feeling good, feeling yourself, and then losing every <laughs> game for the rest of the season. Who would do that? <laughs> The only team that knows how, baby. Oh, life is so tough. <laughs> That's so Texas oh, it's tough, it's man. miserable, man. Life is misery. You know what's funny is when I first chose Texas Tech as a college, my parents thought I chose it because of sports. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, the 2000s. <laughs> my parents thought I chose it because of sports. That's what they thought. They thought I chose it because of sports. It's between Texas Tech and Baylor were my top two. And they thought I chose Texas Tech over Baylor because of sports. Uh, if only they would know what the next 15 years would be would be like. <laughs> uh, buddy. Buddy. Um, so, yeah. No, Texas Tech it loses again to BYU. Worst loss of the season. Thank God we're going into a bye week. Uh, we're in the exact opposite situation as BYU, where we're three and five. We have four games left in the season, and we need to win virtually almost all of them to have a chance at going to a bowl. Right? The remaining games are against TCU, at Kansas, against UCF, at Texas. We got to find a way to get at least three wins to make a bowl. In preseason, Jeremy, I said that this team's floor. I said the floor was seven and five. So it's still possible. I, I guess. <laughs> it would be oh one God. hell of a turn. It would be the most hellacious turnaround of the century for Texas Tech football. I mean, just looking down, you got TCU, yeah. You've got um, Kansas. That's going to be, and it's in Lawrence. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, and then UCF and. Texas in Austin. You got to save it for that midseason review, yeah, which is going to come this yeah later this week. Uh, we'll we'll give our thoughts. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, 
optimism. I'm telling you this right now. If you want optimism, um, and you want to kind of listen to a podcast, going to really make you feel better about this team, about this going forward, and, and everything like that. Um, Go somewhere skip, else. Skip skip the next episode. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. Who knows? Maybe we. You don't know how. Maybe we're gonna feel different when we record that one. You don't know. Maybe I'm gonna. You know, in the time between this episode and the next episode, I may find some statistics. I may find that you know, back in 1925, an upstart team started three and five and and went on this run, and they remind me exactly like maybe maybe I'm gonna find that out about myself. You know, you don't know. So um, probably not. But who knows? Jeremy, is there anything else you want to say to the people? Um, I would like to say that there is a team that we can count on, and they're Big Twelve champs, the women's soccer team, Big Twelve champions. Got a one one nil win over Iowa State. Finished their season uh with with zero losses. Um, I feel like that's a pretty good accomplishment when you go undefeated. Of course, you had those couple of draws, but you're basically looking at um one of the best Texas Tech teams. By the numbers, one of the best Texas Tech teams that uh, Tom Stone has fielded uh, in his tenure here at Texas one Tech. One of the so, best. Well. The best. I, I say, well, as, as numbers go, 14, 14 wins, four, four draws, zero losses. One of the best. I, I want to see the postseason, right? I'm interested to see the draw. I'm interested to see the path. But I've told a couple people already so I can get it out there in the universe and so people can say, oh, Jeremy did say that. I do think that this team, the way that they play – is good enough to challenge for a national championship. So you heard it here first. Back to being the people's champ. I do think Texas Tech women's soccer is good enough to bring home a trophy. And that would Dang. be the... Uh, Jeremy Gillen. Come on. Texas Tech women's soccer will win a national championship. You heard it here first. Um, if they don't, it's all because of Jeremy. And it's all on his shoulders. Um, but yeah, I think this is the best team Tom Stone has ever had. I, well, I think this is the best coaching job he's ever done. Right, because the the other other teams that are in the running for best Texas Tech team had Janine Becky or Kirsten Davis, right? I mean, world class uh, players, yeah, world class players. And I'm not saying this team doesn't. I I don't think we know yet, of course, but um, to where at the time I think we knew both Kirsten. We knew Kirsten Davis was her, and we knew Janine Becky was her in real time. And so, uh, and and maybe Madison White would be that person. I, I think if there was anybody to be that person, it would be her. Uh, to be that star of the team that we see in the future, uh, kind of dominate maybe in the NWSL or you know overseas or what have you, uh, you know. But I, I think this is the best coaching job mostly because both of those teams, uh, we knew before the season were going to be good. This team we did not. This team coming into the season we were like, okay, they should be an above average Big Twelve team. But we were, remember we were young up top. We had young forwards. We had a young midfield. We were like, yeah, you know, above average team. Right, with a new Big 12, we'll see how it goes. And then before you know it, they're undefeated. Not only undefeated, they did not even draw at home. Right? What do they call right. it? They started calling it the Fort Walker. Did not draw. Fort Walker. All, all W's at home. You win. And so I think this was Tom Stone's best coaching job, and I don't even think it's close. Like, this this is incredible uh, what he's done there. So, winners for him. Um, Josh Young is a winner. Everybody else on that team are losers, as far as I'm concerned. But he he is a he is a winner. Um, you know, I, I did love that picture with him and Cheryl Swoops. Real recognized, real. So that was that was that was great. Um, I hope he has a, a an, an 
okay World Series and that everybody else goes 0 for 4 with Forshark. I hope he has fun. I hope he has fun. I hope he... Not too much fun. I hope he has an okay time. And I hope he has an okay time in in the city of Philadelphia or uh, where does Arizona... They play in Glendale? Somewhere in Arizona. Um, so I hope they have fun. Uh, I hope everybody else on the team goes 0 for 4 with 4 strikeouts. Um... Yeah, I hope I hope Bruce Bochy has a, a heartburn for nine innings of every game. Heartburn, and that Tom that Tom's won't fix. The Tom the Tom's won't fix. Um, and uh, so far as I'm watching this NLCS game, it looks like it might be in Arizona. Sheesh. Uh, but yeah. So that's all I got. We do have a mid-season review later this week. So, or actually, beginning of next week, I should say. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, sorry, this episode came out a day late. I was in despair. Couldn't record. I just yeah, this is already a pretty. Sad, and we're on a buy. What's your rush? It, this is already What's a pretty sad rush? episode. Imagine if I recorded this after watching what I watched <laughs> Monday evening. Okay, y'all didn't want to hear that, or maybe y'all did. You sickos. Um, so. But that's all I got. So for the people's champ that is Jeremy Gillen, this is your boy, the Sad Albie. And we are the terrific twosome of the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay right, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.